Welcome to On Mission, the teaching ministry of the Mission Church in Urbandale, Iowa. We exist to love God by loving others, leading them to become fully functioning followers of Jesus Christ. Today we conclude Mike's message on Luke. Well, we come to verses 10 through 12, and it brings us to life lesson number four. And life lesson number four is one that honestly causes a a great amount of concern, especially among those who claim to be Christ followers. Jesus speaks here of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And so we need to ask the question, well, what is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit? I'm going to answer that for you in just a moment, but first... Let's acknowledge why this issue causes such great concern, especially among those who follow Christ, because they're the ones who most, most of the time come across this language. Well, the reason it causes such concern is twofold. Number one, it causes concern because Jesus really doesn't define it here. He doesn't tell you directly what it is. But it also causes concern because Jesus very much tells you directly that if you commit it, there is no recovery. (laughs) There is no forgiveness for it. And so this causes people a lot of concern. I can't tell you over the 27 years that I've done ministry how many people have inquired to me, uh, what is it and have I committed it? So let's dig into that. You know, it's interesting to note that uh, Jesus makes it clear. He says it very directly. That there is recovery, there is forgiveness available to those who blaspheme Jesus. (laughs) Jesus says, you can blaspheme me all you want. And you can recover. There can be forgiveness. But he says, that is not true when you blaspheme the Holy Spirit. Why is that? Well, the answer comes as we consider the nature of the forgiveness of sin. Now, at the point that Jesus is making these comments, he had not yet gone to the cross. Uh, But when he did go to the cross, just about four to five months down the road, when he did go, the question that I want you to consider here for a moment is, what sins did he omit paying for? What sins did he lay aside and say, well, I'm going to pay for these over here through my sacrifice, but I'm not going to pay for these over here? Did he omit idolatry or adultery or lying or stealing or disrespecting father and mother or coveting or murder? No, he didn't omit any of those. Jesus paid for all of those sins, meaning that by God's grace, sinners can recover from committing these sins. They are forgivable. In fact, let me just, let me just, Bring it down to a very common understanding, okay? Every sin known to man is forgivable by God's grace through faith in Jesus Christ, except one. There is one that is not forgivable. And that brings me to truth point number four, where we're going to discover what that sin is. The only sin that is not forgivable is to take the position that the Holy Spirit's witness about Jesus being the Messiah is false, and thus rejecting Jesus as Messiah, and then dying 
in that position of unbelief. That, my friends, is the only sin that Jesus didn't die for. To die physically as a man or a woman in the position of unbelief, meaning that throughout my life I failed to repent, I failed to come to that place of putting my full faith and trust in Jesus' death and resurrection for sin and for eternal life. To go out of this world in that position of unbelief is simply to say that the Holy Spirit is lying about Jesus. And when you leave this world with that belief, or should I say that unbelief in your heart, you have committed the only sin that cannot be forgiven. This, my friends, is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. It is to say that what he is bringing to your heart and as he is calling you, as he is trying to open your eyes and you say, no, I will not believe. No, I don't accept your testimony. Is basically to call him a liar. Now I want to make something crystal clear today. So I hope you're paying careful attention. There is forgiveness for any and all sin through faith in Jesus Christ. But there is no forgiveness for ignoring the testimony of the Holy Spirit about sin and about salvation and then passing from this life into the next in a position of unbelief. And that brings us to the final truth point today, truth point number five, which tells us that true Christians, now listen to this, true Christians can and do commit many sins. I've been a Christian for over 45 years. I can tell you that at 45 years, I've committed more sin than I want to confess. True Christians can and do commit sin. But the one sin that a true Christian cannot commit is blasphemy of the Spirit. So if you're sitting there today on your couch, and you know that you're a follower of Jesus, you know that your faith is in him, but you've wondered, I wonder if I've committed blasphemy of the Spirit with which there is no recovery. Let me tell you, if your name is written in the Lamb's book of life, it is impossible for you to commit that sin. You say, Pastor Mike, how do you know that? Because you've already received his testimony and his call to turn from sin and to trust in Jesus. That's the only way you become a true disciple. It's the only way that you become adopted into the family of God. It's the only way that your name gets written there in the Lamb's book of life. And if that be the case, you can do a whole lot of things that aren't pleasing to the Lord. But blasphemy of the Spirit is one that you simply cannot commit. But listen, those who do, know, who do not know Christ in a saving way, if I'm speaking to you, and you do not know Christ in a saving way, then I warn you, I warn you, I encourage and I warn you, I encourage you with this thought, that right now, as you live, the possibility of your salvation is as near as your confession of sin and your trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. But I warn you, if you choose not to turn which is what repent means, and to believe in Christ, and you die in that position of unbelief, then my friend, you have rejected Christ. You have blasphemed the Spirit. And there is no forgiveness, but only sure and certain eternal judgment. I assure you, I do not say that 
as a scare tactic. I really don't. I share it with you simply as a point of reference concerning what God has ordained to be our reality. And so, I encourage. No, no, I don't encourage. I implore you. I implore you to heed the testimony and the call of the Holy Spirit to open your heart to, re- to Jesus, receiving him as your Savior and Lord. I would encourage you, I implore you to do that today. Now, as Jesus wraps up his comments in this passage, we find him doing so, offering assurance to those who have heeded the call of the Spirit of God, that when they acknowledge Jesus before men, that if they should be arrested or taken captive and then brought before a religious tribunal or a civil tribunal, uh, if you're brought up against those who do not acknowledge Jesus, then his encouragement is don't worry about how you're going to defend yourself. Don't worry about that. The Holy Spirit who is in you, he will be with you. And he will give you, in that hour, what you need to say for the glory of God. Now, I want to be clear here that that's not a promise that the Holy Spirit's going to give you the right things to say that's going to get you off and you'll be set free. That may happen, that may not happen. But if the religious establishment or the civil establishment come after you because of your true faith in Jesus Christ, You can know that as you stand before them, as many saints have done before, that the Spirit of God will give you what you need to say so that Christ is glorified and that even in that moment, you will find comfort for your soul. Well, let's wrap this up today and review quickly the life lessons that Jesus brought for his disciples. The first one was a warning to beware of, of the leaven of the Pharisees, which is hypocrisy. Remember that hypocrisy spreads through every part of your character and eventually to others around you. Secondly, we are to fear God. God is a powerful being. He is the righteous judge of all creation. And under that banner, we should fear him. But he's not just a God to be feared. He has shown that he loves us. And therefore, we can have confidence in his love for us because Jesus Christ is the identifier of that love and the one who will bring us into relationship with God if we turn to him in faith. We're also warned, a life lesson we are given, is not to be ashamed of our relationship with Christ. You know, this is a time, honestly, when that is so important that we not be ashamed I mean, it's always important, right? But right now, so many people are looking for answers. Right now, so many people are living in fear. Right now, so many people need to see the true hope that is within you. This is not a time to hide your light. It is a time to put it out on public display and let it shine. And finally, do not blaspheme the Spirit, but instead be a person who relies on the Spirit for everything that they need for life, for godliness, for defense against those who come against us, whatever the case may be. Don't blaspheme him, but rely upon him. So, how do these life lessons impact you today? 
That's the question that I want you to consider. How do these life lessons impact you today? Are you living in harmony with these life lessons, or do you live in opposition, at odds with these points? You know, the good news of the gospel is that we can live in harmony with God. We don't need to fear him. We can live in harmony with him. We can live in harmony with Jesus' teaching when we surrender our lives to the grace of God and the transforming power of the Holy Spirit. And so I bring the message today to a close asking this. Are you willing to explore these things further? And I make that, I make that invitation to believer and unbeliever alike. To those who have yet to trust Christ, I make the invitation to talk about the gospel, to share with you about the love of God through Jesus Christ, to help you understand how you can rely on the Spirit to bring God's forgiveness and grace into your life and carry you into his presence one day. I want to explore that with you more. To those who are believing, wherever you may find your life at odds with God or with the things that Christ teaches, I want us to talk together to find a way to to get into that position of harmony, to walk in lockstep with him. And we need each other to do that. This is On Mission. The Mission Church is located at 12001 Ridgemont Drive in Urbandale. To learn more about our ministry, visit our website at themissiondsm.org or call us at 515-255-2122. We gather for worship each Sunday at 10 a.m. We would be honored for you to join us. Have a blessed day, and thank you for listening to On Mission. On Mission.